Yo, what's going on, y'all? It's your boy So-So, in case you ain't know so. And welcome back to another episode of Sports with So-So. Make sure you guys are subscribed to the podcast on all streaming platforms and following us on social media as we continue to bring you the latest in sports. This week, an amazing episode. My dog Joel's back from vacation. We cover the Heat, the Panthers, Chelsea, and the Marlins all in one shot. Trust me, y'all. It's worth your time. It's time to take a ride, y'all. Let's go. This roadcaster, bro, is pretty interesting. Let me tell you, dog. I just found another button or a little thing back here. Mm-hmm. No idea what it is for. What does it say? It just has a lock with a K. Okay. Yeah. We're going to have to investigate that later. Absolutely. But what's going on, Pippin? It's good Welcome to see back, you. Welcome back, dog. Que que loco. Tu pasaste por mi casa? Claro que sí. Okay. I saw your old boy out there. We oh, linked up yo, and everything, dog. And my man's is out there still. I know, dog. I know. I was thinking, I was going to hit you up to be like, yo, where's he at? I was in Santo Domingo too, yeah, bro. Yeah, man. Yeah, it bro. Was, he would have uh, pulled up on you for sure. It was a vibe, son. Yo. I love t- your peoples, bro. I think I might love your peoples more than I love my peoples. Don't <laughs> let my peoples know that, but gee No, nah, I won't. I won't. We're just going to say it here on the podcast. Dude, I, I love I love DR. Nah, man. DR is uh, obviously it's home for me, right? But it's a, it's a beautiful destination for anybody to go out there and, and experience a Caribbean island. You know what I mean? There's like tons that you can do there. There's mountains, beautiful beaches. Like the food is really good. Like obviously the music and the nightlife is amazing. You know what I mean? Um, but yeah, bro. DR was good, and I saw that you did the most important thing that somebody has to do, like you and I, when you go on vacation. Drink Mama Juana? No. Oh. But that's a, always a plus. <laughs> you got to be careful, though. <laughs> that that sh- shit can get to you. That shit creeps up on you. Big <laughs> Let time. Me tell you. you played golf, dog. Yes, sir, bro. You know I had to. With a freaking caddy, might I add, dog. I got to add that for those yeah. who are like, don't live like Joel lives this baller-ass life. Hey, bro, you know, you got to fake it till you make it. But Absolutely. I played, I got the, the chance to play Corrales, Punta Cana. Raw is where they host PGA Tour events. It was the last one was in March this year. Mm. Uh, actually, the last guy that won it, his name is Joel too, but it's it's jo- it's Joel. Oh, got it. Joel, the American version. Yeah, Joel Damon won the the tournament there this year, and I got to play at that same course, dude. Bro, Dope. this you got we got to make it out there. Like, well, we gotta, I, we got to definitely make it out there. Absolutely, bro. And um, I saw your. I saw your post on Miami Golf Bros. Another shameless shout plug. Out, shout out. Go follow that. my dog's golf page right now because, man, that that clip that you posted, and it was just one hole. What hole was that? The eighth hole. The eighth hole? Yeah, so there's Right six, by the water? There's six holes, uh, which is the third of the holes that are along the coastline. Uh, that Beautiful. Have, that have waterfront views or whatnot. Some of them, well, I was hitting like towards the ocean, like towards, right. you know, the Atlantic or whatever. And then some of them I was hitting alongside of it, like the holes were along. And this one that you're talking about, I was playing the eighth hole, which is a par four over like rocks. I saw and, that. Like, dude, it was, it's such it was a like 120 yards of rocks, to, bro. To almost, clear, right? Yeah, to clear it, it was like a buck 50 or something yeah, like that. Man. And uh, yeah, man, it was, it was a hell of an experience. There was a bunch of holes like that. There was, it was some crazy stuff that was going on there too, man, because they actually have some holes that have multiple greens. What? And not like there's some I'm, there, I've been to courses before where they have like a green that serves as two greens. Right. 
it's it's a green for one hole, like at Plantation Preserve in Plantation. Gotcha. There's a green where like you play it. It's a par three one way, and then that same green is long as hell. And on the other side, it's the green for another comeback hole. Gotcha. No, that's not what I mean here. They actually have completely different holes. For, I'm sorry, greens, like green complexes. So like one is a yellow flag, the other one's a red flag, the no, other one's a white pin? Not even. Like the, there's there was the, there was some that didn't have the flag, and right. it's because of the fact that those are the, the PGA uh, mm, greens. Got so when you. the PGA plays, they play to a different set of greens. They dope. maintain them still, and That's they keep dope. them pristine, but we don't get to play them as, as guests. So we played a different green. There was like three, maybe two, three holes that were like that. Sick as hell. I mean, I, I got there. Dude, let me tell you, I got there late. So I was supposed to Typical wake up. Typical Joel fashion for oh, today, right? God, tell me about it. I'm <laughs> on a roll. I'm still on, on Dominican time. Um, but I, I was supposed to be in my lobby like at 6.50. Mm-hmm. And we were going to leave. 30 minutes there. Boom. The whole deal. Dude, I opened my eyes. 7 a.m. Yeah. I'm like, oh, shit. I I messed up. So I, I'm like, I tell my fiance, I'm like, Do you get on the phone, call the front desk, tell them to send me a trolley, tell them to hold my driver. I'll be right there. Yeah. And like, I got real, I got ready real quick and I just bucked it. I just started running and whatever. I finally made it. Everything was fine. But then I was cutting it close and they were like, oh, um, yeah, you're not gonna have time to warm up. And I'm like, that kind of sucks. I, I can want to warm up better than than being paired with somebody you didn't want to be paired with. So I go out there. My caddy has everything. He has my clubs already. I rented clubs, which are better than the clubs that I even have here. Let me nice. tell you, it was nice. an awesome. Set of clubs. I was going to ask, like, did you take your own clubs? No, or? No, I didn't want to go through that hassle. I figured I'd rent them. And dude, I got Titleist clubs. Fire. I got a Scotty Cameron putter, like fire, fire, wedges. Fire. it was awesome. Fire. And then um, anyway, so my caddy's there and he's like, are you ready? And I'm like, yeah, you know, I wanted to warm up. And he's like, I got you. So boom, he takes me to the range. I hit a couple balls, you know, and then he's like, "Damn, you're, you know, you're pretty good. What's your handicap?" I'm like, oh, "I'm about a 20." He's like, "Bullshit." I'm like, nah, <laughs> "Dude, I swear, like, I don't, I don't sandbag, bro. I put all my scores. Like, right. I can t- you'll see. You, like, just wait for Trust it. Trust me, and you'll see." He's like, "Nah, I think you're, you're closer, like, to like 15, 14, 15 or something like that." I'm like, "Nah, I w- I'm getting there, but not yet. You'll see." And uh, whatever, we got to hit some putts and stuff. There was a group on the first tee, and he was like, "Do you care if we start on the second hole?" And I was like, "Not at all." Start on the second hole, and I'm by myself Dope. with a caddy playing one of the best courses in Dominican Republic by myself. Nobody's around me to bother me. Nobody pushing me. Nobody I'm waiting Perfect on. Perfect weather. Dude, it was it was amazing. Dog, you know what we call that? What's that? We call that a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity, my man. Nah, and man. I'm glad that you took it. I hope that, come, that those opportunities come a lot, lot more. No, for sure. But like... For me. In an individual sense, right? You were there by yourself, so you got to enjoy everything. Like, you got to enjoy the full caddy experience, the full experience of, like, playing it. Because almost that's what the pros feel like. Yeah, Yeah, there's people there, and they're playing with somebody else in their group, but they're not chit-chatting with them. You know what I'm saying? They mostly talk to their caddy, and they're focused on the course and, and where they're at and what they're trying to accomplish. But for you, it's really dope to experience that you know what i'm saying by yourself first and then being able to take a group out there and be like all right guys let me show you what this shit is about you know what i mean my mind was racing i was like man i wish the boys were here for sure all of them everybody you know i wish everybody was 60 people deep just rolling through through there just getting wasted you know hitting balls enjoying the scene like dude it was did you have a cigar with you bro i didn't i didn't i didn't uh i should have man should have had a cigar yeah but no i was just drinking but light baby yeah bro all day I feel you, it was uh bro it was a great time we got to play he my caddy was so dope too man he gave me two extra holes nice we, we came we finished we did one 
Right. And then we had to go back to the clubhouse, but it was like we had to play two. Like we had to go through two. And he was like, you want to play two again? I'm like, absolutely. Yeah, like, yeah, let's do it, bro. Yes. So we played that again. And then he was like, you want to do three? And I'm like, yeah. Yes. Let's go. And I redeemed myself because <laughs> the first time around, I messed up the tee shot. And nice. I striped the tee shot the second time around, dude. It was nice. awesome. That's a good way to end it. So great it was, way to end it, It bro. was great, man. I was I was disconnected, you know, this whole weekend being over That's there. Dope, I man. just got back yesterday. but. You had me connected. You kept me up to date for with sure. everything going on, bro. Sure. So we got a lot. To Even get my into. golf outing on on Sunday, you know, because thankfully with the Memorial Day weekend, um, first, you know, I want to give a big shout out to all of those who have passed away in service. You know, Memorial Day is a a big personal thing to me, and the show definitely wants to send that love out, you know, to all the family members and and friends who had to deal with something like that, you know, but. It gave me an opportunity to play on Sunday morning with my brother Blaze after a, a tough Saturday that, that we had. You know, it was a roller coaster of a Saturday. We'll get to that later. But Sunday was fun, man. We got out there early, you know, hit the links, and it was just nice. Like I said, it was just me and him. You know what I mean? So that's why I, t- I was kind of giving you that feedback on being out there with just being able to, like, focus on enjoying it in your own space. You know what right, I mean? Right, right, right. That shit is dope. But a lot of things happened over the weekend, man. Yeah, I saw Spieth. Spieth was supposed to win this past yes, week on the PGA. Bro, what a meltdown. What happened there? I didn't get to see much of what happened there, but I know he was leading going into Sunday. And leading going into Co- Sunday, a comfortable lead at that. You know what back. I mean? Yeah, bro. And it was, don't get me wrong, Jason played a great tournament. And the fact that he was able to stay focused, because, you know, they're not watching the scoreboard, but you best believe that people are updating them on how so-and-so is doing, what the previous guy did before him. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. people are talking on out there on the course if you watch a to- any tournament on, on the PGA. So, Jordan was ahead going into Sunday, and he started off pretty good, too, you know? You know? And, man, for some reason, you can just see, like, slow mental breakdowns, you know? Slow mental breakdowns where maybe he doesn't hit his approach shot very well, and if it messes with him on the putt. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And it's, it sucks because f- knowing all the good things you guys have said about him when people, when we talk golf with your friends and stuff, I know he's a great golfer. Yeah. But when I watch him to be like, all right, let me see this guy dominate this tournament, you know, or close it out. Mm, it's just, he just doesn't give me those vibes, you know? And it kind of sucks because like I said, he's a really good golfer and I enjoy watching really good golf. But when you, when you can't make that, upper echelon of like best best athlete in your sport whatever the sport is uh it's tough man it's tough to watch those guys fail and hopefully he bounces back in a major way yeah yeah there's some other big tournaments coming up you know i think that it's tough you know obviously losing it on sunday because he he had it um you know and he could have played better but He's he's been on the come up, you know. He he's such an accomplished uh, golfer, and he did it so young in his career that you know. He, then he went through a few years where he struggled, and now he's just bounced back in the last six months to to a year. So um, even you know, even him losing is a good thing for right? sure in that situation because I'm sure he walked away with learning something, and he can take that moving forward to the U.S. Open in a couple of weeks. And you can tell that he's not a guy that lets golf affect his personal life. You right. know, uh, some of the guys carry that home with them. You know. And 
He doesn't strike me as that type of guy. And I saw something really cool, bro. You remember that guy? Uh, his his name is escaping me right now. An uh, older gentleman that he'd been trying to make the PGA Tour, and then he finally got it. He won the tournament and was able to make the PGA. A big dude, man. I know exactly. You know who I'm talking about. Justin Thomas actually gave him a freaking check off his was, checkbook, bro. That was crazy, man. Yeah, so this guy that you're talking about, he's been battling, you know, there's a bunch of qualifying tours and tournaments that you can play in. And mm-hmm. he's, you know, people that are chasing the dream to become a professional golfer. And um, he was in the recent headlines. He had made a tournament and he was going to be playing in, in one of the biggest tournaments, I think, in the PGA Championship he yeah. was playing in. And well, that was an amazing story. And um, and then, you know, obviously, you know, things came to an end. He, he didn't have any more, um, you know, qualification to play or continue playing on the tour. And Justin Thomas, like you just said, sponsored him essentially straight he up let him you know he paid for him to, to come on straight up and it was it wasn't even like a sponsorship like hey i'm expecting you to do things you know or come you know be at my charity event or whatever it was genuinely out of the goodness of his heart because you could tell that obviously this man has struggled to make golf into a career not only for himself but for a family that he's supporting and for him to to ha- receive such a huge gesture like that, man, bro, that's what sports is about, man. That, you know, that, that's, that's what sports right. is that's about, a, man. That's a feel-good story right there. You're talking, you know? and we were talking about Michael Visaki. Yeah, man. Uh, Justin Thomas, here's the headline from CBS Sports. Justin Thomas writes a check to mini-tour golfer Michael Visaki to help him with his career. I mean, that, Yo, it doesn't that's like, that, dude. Honestly, that's the equivalent of a guy like Wade going up to a rookie, right, who was a second-round pick and going, hey, man. I really love your game. I love your hustle. I love what you bring to your team and your teammates. Come see me. Here's my number. Let's work out. I'm going to give you anything you need. That's not everybody does that. Not bro. everybody does that, you know? And again, big shout out to, to to Justin Thomas and and man, what can I say? That's a great way to to kick off a podcast about sports, yeah, you know? And that was that was the most uneventful you know of, of of everything else that happened this weekend at least relevant right. to us for right? sure for sure well we know what happened that's relevant to us it. let's get into it and if if you heard my my little video clip that i dropped on instagram during the weekend when we were at, at grails shout out to grails for holding us down i have a lot of like i'm angry but i don't want to express my anger in a way like fuck this fuck that it's more like of What happened? How the hell did we get here? And how do we fix it? Because this is not the team that we saw. Now, granted, the team was a roller coaster this year, right? Yeah. Lots of up and downs, injuries to Jimmy, missed like 20 games. Started off the season terrible. Started off the season terrible, fought back, second half of the season, one of the best teams creeping into the playoffs. And even as we were creeping into the playoffs, we talked about it a lot where where this team didn't have that killer instinct. We couldn't see that killer instinct to win games that they had to win. We go out, we lose the first two games, right? Since we last recorded. Yeah, we talked about those already on the last episode. And everybody was expecting game three to be that game, right? Where everybody wakes up, we come out super strong, and we we knock these guys out. And we did that for two quarters, I think. Two quarters, which... When I when I broke down the game over the weekend, that was the key point. That third quarter in every single game was the deciding factor on, on who had the momentum for the rest of the game. And every game, because it only took four, he got a sweep, not even a gentleman sweep, a sweep sweep by the team that we knocked out of the playoffs last year when nobody gave us a shot. 
they improved their roster. We really didn't improve our roster, right. and that shit showed. And that shit showed because we saw the like I said, we saw the problems that they had throughout the entire season. We saw the mishmash of lineups that Eric Spolstra had to use. Then we saw the players that we were depending on last year not providing the same type of output, whether it be offensively or defensively, at that same level. All of those things adding up, it's not surprising that we got swept by a team like the Bucks. When you look at how deep they are, what type of point guard they are, they have what type of system they have, the moves that they made to add team, you know, Tucker, uh, Porter's Jr., Drew Holiday. Those are huge pieces that they put around Giannis. Chris Middleton killed us, killed us this series. Yeah, I mean, and he's not even their best player. He's not. I, we I, I checked. Giannis we checked best. Giannis. There was two games as where he averaged as, as much as we could. Right, but, two games where he still, doesn't score twenty points, and we lose those games by more than fifteen points. Well, that, those were the games that we were winning last year, right? When we were shutting down Giannis, it was just Middleton. They didn't really have much, but like you just mentioned, they went and got firepower, man, and we didn't have an answer for it. We didn't have a game plan. So one of the things I wanted to ask you, dude, you know, coming into this was, were we a bubble fluke, bro? Let me tell you, I read a lot of shit. And I'm going to just say this straight up. Whoever wants to, if you're a Heat fan, this is for you. If you're not a Heat fan, turn it down. And this is what I got to say. Fuck those people. And I'll tell you why. Because A, they're not giving credit to their own team and what they had to go through to get it into the playoffs in the bubble and even reach that. Right. Then they're not giving us credit for doing what we had to do and playing how we had to play in order to be there. Now, last year is last year. Right. You want to say that we didn't improve this team this year? Okay, cool. I'll eat that. But don't look at last year's team and be like, oh, that team was a fluke. Nah, that team was nasty. Right. Look at their numbers. That's look at who I they beat. Because we saw every single game. That's a different you know? team than what we saw this year. Right. You feel me? So for anybody who says that, they're talking out their ass, bro. Because, like I said, you have to separate the two. You have to be able to separate the two. This Heat team is not the same team we saw last year. There were obvious changes made, and the changes that were made did not work out. The ones that we thought were going to work out, they didn't work out. Number one, we can start with the Ariza thing. That definitely didn't work out, right? Because, yeah, Ariza helped out a lot. In the regular season. But not if you compare the numbers and the time that Jay Crowder had, Crowder obviously was a bigger impact. Obvious. Right, that's not the shit on Ariza, but hey, that's just the difference that we can point to. Right, we can look at Tyler Hero. I don't even want to talk about him. No, no, I'm a, I'm gonna say it because I'm so, this is part of the anger. There's go go on, but I'm so disappointed with him. So disappointed because you cannot tell me that you come in with all this no hype, all this hype. Right, you start balling throughout the season as a rookie. You ball in the playoffs. You may you have huge moments in the playoffs for us. And then this year you come out here unfocused. That's whack. That shows me that, that all that shit that you just did just went to your head. And the heat aren't about that, bro. The heat are about putting that work. Yeah. And, and that was the work you were putting in last year. Now that you, you, you feel like you made it because you made a finals appearance or because people think that, damn, this guy's the next, next stud to come up. 
Well, you didn't play like that, bro. And when I'm looking around the league and I see a Trey Young doing all types of crazy stuff, I see a, a Jason Tatum, Jason dropping Tatum 50, dropping 60. fifty. I see John ja, um, ja Morant Morant balling out there, <clears throat> holding on the Grizzlies. Big, big, big. Devin big Booker players, stepping up players. when CP3 gets hurt. These are Luka, young Luca putting the Mavs on his studs, back. young studs. Because a lot of those guys that I'm naming, they're 25 years old, 24 years old, 23 years old. Ballers. Yeah. Granted, they may have been longer in the league or whatever than Hero, but Hero was projecting that, you know, to be his path. So you agree with, I think it was Shannon Sharp. Do you agree with Shannon Sharp that we should have traded his ass when we had the chance for Harden? High sign is always 50-50, <laughs> right? 100%. High sign always 50-50. 100%. So, and, and on top of that. But we could have we had Harden, though. We don't really know that. Nah, we would have had to give up way more than. What else have we? You know, yeah, Multiple you could say pins, Tyler, and then this, and that, and this, and that. The world, yeah, and that's not the trade to make. the The trade isn't to make deplete your roster to get one guy. Because if that's the trade to make, then we should have made that trade for Chris Paul. Essentially, right? We're talking about having a point guard who can have that impact on a team, right? And I'm gonna get to that later because we got to look at the off season. We're in the off season. Yeah, well, that sucks. The sucks, bro. First team from the playoffs to... The only team to get swept in the first <laughs> round, dog. The only, but I'm saying the first team to go to their offseason, to start their offseason, you know? We're the first playoff team to start their offseason. And I'm glad you brought up the Harding thing because people were talking about that, you know, oh, we should have got Westbrook. We should have gone for this guy. We should have pulled triggers for this. Look, that he pulled the trigger whenever they felt that they could because you don't want to... Again, deplete the squad. It's one thing to trade a young player for a talent or even two players for a talent, but you're not going to trade three assets, a pick, another future first-round pick for one asset. That math does not equal up because even if we trade all of that for Harden or for Westbrook or whoever you want to slot in there, that doesn't guarantee us playoff success. Because then where, where's the else? Where's the remaining like output coming from? You right, know what I mean? Right. Man, this team has left us with more questions than answers. And right, and just to keep going down the list, right? Now we go to our two biggest guys that we got to ask ourselves about. Jimmy and Bam. Jimmy and Bam. Let's start with Bam. What do you think led to Bam... I don't want to say disappointing, dog, but he disappointed in yeah, the playoffs. He was underwhelming, completely right? underwhelming. That's the best word that I could use because he was not doing that last year in that series against Milwaukee. He was everywhere in that series against Milwaukee last year, and I thought that having Deadman would have been good. For and Deadman did his thing. Deadman did his thing. He carried us in, in that one game. I think it was game two that he was the, the main like yeah. scorer, like highlight reel. Mm-hmm. And I thought that would have helped him out, but it, it just it didn't. It, it kind of when Deadman came on, it kind of made. Bam, even worse. I feel like he kind of just diminished. I felt like when I saw Bam, besides him just ah settling, bro, he was settling for so much. Zero aggression until it was too late, right? He had that last game where he scored 20 points. That's cool. But you had a five-point game in game one. You didn't get over 15 points in game two. You didn't even make it to 16, 17 points in game three. And now you want to drop him. 20 points in, in game four. Yeah, well, we said it. We, need, we needed that. But we needed that. We needed more. Consistently, bro. Mm-hmm. 25 pl- points and up. Forget about your rebounds. They're coming. They're yeah. going to come automatically. Yeah. 
five, I need you five, to score five to ten points coming from maybe from the free throw line or at least you know five to ten tries from the free throw line and and one of my boys put it to me like this like damn how far can we go depending on bam to be the guy offensively and I don't mean the number one option. I don't think we can. I don't mean the number one option, but just being like, yo, how much can I rely on your offense? Is it a little bit? Is it more than a little bit? Is it 50%? Even that's the question that we get with Jimmy because he shot a terrible, terrible, terrible 29% from the field goal, from field goal this, this series. Honestly, dude. Averaging 14.7 rebounds, seven assists. So the grit was there. But was it though? Mm. I, this didn't feel like the same Jimmy Butler Absolutely either not. that we saw in the finals last year. So does it start with him or does he see what's going on around him and he go, you know what? These guys ain't giving it they all. I ain't giving them my all. I'm sure. I'm sure. Because, again, he's not a guy that go, that goes to the media to let his thoughts be known, right? Mm-hmm. I guarantee you. I guarantee you that in that locker room, that word soft must have came out of Jimmy's mouth a hundred times. A hundred times because that's exactly how they were playing. And I'm sure he called himself out on it too. Hey, I'm playing soft. You're playing soft. You're playing soft. But that's what we saw. A soft ass yeah, we, heat team. We, we were, we because were, we got manhandled we by a Bucks. In this series, dude. There was, we should have not gotten down like that without a fight. We just went down without a fight. And now we we have bigger questions heading into the offseason. Big, big questions, right? Five players on this current roster have guaranteed contracts for next year. Only five. We have Jimmy, Hero, who's on a rookie contract. Precious, who's on a rookie contract. Casey uh, Okpala, who's also on a rookie contract. And we have Bam, who we just extended. And now I was reading a lot about the Heat yesterday and today. And this little headline comes across and it says, Jimmy Butler probably wants an extension this summer. Four years, 180-something million dollars. Or I forget what the number is. And in my mind, the first thing that came across was like, damn, do I want to give Jimmy that? Or do I want to wait and see? Do I want to wait and see and, and and see what happens with Kawhi? See what happens with the rest of the NBA? Who's available? Who's not available? Who's happy? Who's not? Or do I want to make that early-ass commitment to Jimmy? Doesn't sound like you're sold. I'm not sold right now. Granted, this is a fresh off of, you know, uh, a first round exit by sweep. You're heartbroken, as we all are. It's very emotional right now. Yeah. And and I don't mean it in like a, uh, I'm crying type of shit. Nah, it's more like a, we're going to have to sit down and have a real tough conversation. Yeah, how did we get here? How did we get here? Where, do you, where are we going from this? Right. Because for me, where does Jimmy elevate his game? To warrant that extension. Does he come out next year and average 27 points? Eight rebounds or whatever? Does he come out here and, and be a 30-point night a guy for us? Does he help Bam? Can he bring somebody else? There's a lot of questions there, man. Yeah, I think we're I, I think we're one piece away. It has to be a big piece. Mm, but I think, Are I think we one piece away? I think so, man. I think we're I think three so. pieces away. No, I don't think we're that far off. I Bro, think, I think we're one really good piece away. Here's, I think we have some good guys, man. Let me let me put it to you like this, right? We have two big time restricted free agents, which is Kendrick Nunn and Duncan Robinson, right? Now for Nunn, he's gonna have to compete with the rest of the point guards that are available to find a a big payday, let's say, or a really good job. Let's just say that a really good job. 
Duncan, on the other hand, who's he competing with out there? That's like a three-point sharpshooter. Hardly nobody. So, and that's one of the biggest needs in the league for most for teams. every for every team, right? They, they need a perimeter man. But we always find guys like that. Do we hatch our? Do we say, yeah, Duncan, we'll pay you? Because I feel like that's a bad contract waiting to happen. Because he's he is who he is. There's no like young project where he's going to develop a 16 footer and like maybe a jab step to get. A, we don't that. need we don't need him to do no, that. I'm just saying he'll never do that. Yeah. So paying a guy like him to be in the future sense, right? Number four, five, six on your offensive weapons list. You're not going to pay a guy like that. You'll pay maybe your first three guys, fourth guy, maybe. But I wouldn't throw a bunch of money at Duncan Robinson. Granted, he is, again, he is who he is, a sharp shooting three-point guy. And if you need that, he's going to knock it down. But if you need him to defend a little bit, he's not going to be able to do that. If you need him to make smart decisions with fouling, he's not going to be able to do that. Right. And when he's off, he's off. Don't expect this guy to dunk, make a cut to the basket. That's not happening. He's going to just f- continue to float the three-point line. It's not like he posts anybody up. You know, at least Kendrick, I can say, yeah, you know, that's probably a better investment because probably a little bit cheaper. Um, he's obviously really good defensively. Right, yeah. He's shown his flashes offensively, so you kind of get that combo deal. He's a little bit younger. You probably give that money to to none before you give it to Robinson, if we're being honest. And not th- that's not to say, oh, get rid of Robinson because he's the issue. Nah, he's not the issue. But at this point, it comes down to money, commitment, and how does the team improve? Yeah. Does paying him that restricted free agent money improve our team? Or do we go and get the cap space, right? Because if we don't offer a guy like him some money, we could probably end up with $27 million in cap space, which is not even a lot. And we don't even have a draft pick in this year, in July. So basically what we have is $27 million, right? And we have the mid-level at 4.9, or we can do a 9.5 mid-level with a 3.7 biannual. And that's, again, depending on who we sign, don't sign, make an offer to, don't make an offer to. And we still have the issues with a guy like Drogic. Do you bring back Drogic? Do you bring back Iguandala? I mean, it depends. If, if there's one thing that I My know, answer is no. I don't, I don't know. To, to Iguandala. I can't. I, well, I wouldn't say Iguandala bring him back. But And fun fact, this was this is going to be the first finals that Iguandala doesn't show up in in the <laughs> last... Like, like six, six years? years? Seven years, yeah. <laughs> I saw that the other day. It was Good. I thought it was interesting. But, Take a break. Um, yeah, man, I, I I don't know what's going to happen with, you know, those guys, right? I don't know what the best moves are for us next year. I do know as a fan, I, I we can't go through this again. You know, it's not good enough for us to make the playoffs when we're coming off of a conference championship, Yep, fresh off a conference championship, and we have that winning culture, that winning mentality. Um, so this is unacceptable. But if there's one thing I do know, it's that I trust in Pat Riley. Absolutely. And he's going to get it done. That's that's all I got to say about that. I don't want to, you know, bullshit the nah. listeners with any of my nah. takes on that cuz at the end of the day, I trust Pat Riley wholeheartedly. What he does and with the moves that he makes, I stand behind them. I'll say this, right, to kind of like bring the heat thing to to a close, right? And we're going to we'll get to some heat news as it comes oh, know, absolutely. In, in future episodes and whatnot. But the season's over. We know what's ahead of us financially when it comes to the offseason realistically we have two big areas of needs and we both know what it is 
The Heat averaged only 108 points per game, 25th in the NBA. Here's the other spot we need, height. The Heat were 41.5 rebounds per game as an average. You know what that's good for? What is that rank, like 28th? 29th. Ugh. So when you look at those two things, you're like, yeah, none of the guys that we have right now on this roster are, are helping us better that. Yeah. Forget about style of play and all that shit because even when we were defensively sound with LeBron and Wade and all these people, we still had guys like that like would Birdman, score, man, hey. no, or not score, but like we had guys like Birdman and Joel Anthony that would go down there and bang down low and get us rebounds. Yep. And then we had all our other guys. You yep. know, we would have Rio would have good nights and he would shoot and he would put up points. And you know, if it wasn't LeBron, it was Wade. If it wasn't Wade, it was Bosh, and it was just a rotating door of of just points dropping for me. You and I know that that's what Pat's gonna look at, bro. He's gonna look at KZ Oakpal and say, "Can he play? Do I rather him play than Iguodala? Do I rather him play than uh, Ariza?" If the answer is yes, bring him in. And like that, you fill up the roster, right? But you're not spending that crazy money that you can help really build the team because Pat needs to f- pull a trigger on a big trade ASAP. For me, I would love to see a badass point guard here because. I feel like we need that. We don't have that. And every other team that's in the playoffs right now has a really good point guard. Yeah, you're absolutely right. And we don't have one. So, and and, and it's not like we're going to draft one this year. Some, te- <laughs> some teams have multiple point yeah, guards. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Again, do I trust in Pat? Absolutely. Yeah. I know he's going to get the job done. No issues there. But I have a lot of questions towards the guys that are on the roster right now or who can be on the roster for next year rightfully so a lot of those guys don't make my list man no, you know i totally get it man i'm, I'm right there with you but he nation question marks don't you know don't despair uh if there's one thing we know as he fans is that we got that bounce back and when we bounce back it's usually in the form of a championship so we'll see we'll see what pat has planned for the offseason and we'll see how the rest of the playoffs go we'll we'll probably figure um preview the finals and whatnot once everybody makes it and yeah, maybe next episode we break down where we are in the playoffs and maybe give our picks. Psych. It's totally terrible, dog. I hate you, man. Why? Because, bro, I hate not thinking that the Heat are not in the playoffs, dog. Like I told you personally before the show even started, we just lost a month worth of content. Now, if you're if you're a Heat fan, yeah, you'll watch basketball, right? Because it's playoff basketball. It's really good entertainment. I don't even think your casual Heat fan cares about basketball. But you, like but you don't care. Now you don't care who wins the East. Ah, the Bucks won it. Yeah, they were supposed to. Oh, the Nets won it. Cool, they were supposed to. Right. You don't care. Uh, who came out the West? The Lakers? Surprise. <laughs> we don't yeah. care. You know, we're Heat fans. We don't care. We need to see our team in the playoffs. Well, this I mean, is the, usually the time that we're in the freaking playoffs. And, and speaking of which, we lost a second team that was in the playoff run. Bro. Another season ended abruptly and disappointing. I mean, this one wasn't as bad. This one doesn't leave as bad of a A gentleman's sweep. At least we had the gentleman's sweep, we, right? Well, I mean, we won two. I mean, I wouldn't even consider it that. But, you know, they the, we're talking about the Panthers now at this point who suffered uh, their loss to the, to the Lightning. Tampa Bay. And the Lightning moved on to, to play the Hurricanes now. Um, and, and they're that, focused that, on the offseason too, man. Yeah, that ended our season right there. You know, I don't think there's as many question marks around, you know, the Panthers as there are around the Heat with this, you know, season ending. Um, but Tampa Bay, I mean, is arguably the best team 
in in hockey right now and, and playoff hockey is heating up let me tell you there was a, a crazy <laughs> crazy uh bruins islanders game the other day it's the best it's it's going off right now so i mean it, hockey is still exciting even if our team's not in it but man we were we had some high hopes so we had said it if it was, it was either stanley cup or bust right yeah absolutely and and we know what we can point to to be like this is where the seasons change drastically and it was when aaron eckler got hurt the moment and we still got hurt, down. we still had he it helped. Down. Oh man, listen! But had he had he been in that series, I think oh, he, he, he makes a complete difference, difference in that series. Big difference, big difference. I mean, Barkov said it. You know, Alexander Barkov said it the other day. I read a quote where he was like, "The next step is for us to gain this experience and use it towards getting out of the first round and going into the second round and beating whoever we have with that experience." And it just sucks because had the Panthers probably been matched up with any other team. Except the Tampa Bay Lightning, we probably would have won. And and not to mention, we played. So what did we end up the series? We ended up four two. It was four two series. Yeah, we lost so in Tampa. Six. That was game. We six. actually our last eight games of the season were against Tampa Bay because the last two of the regular season yep. were against Tampa Bay. And we won them. up to that series. So the the last eight games were you were basically so a tie. We're four four in yeah. the last eight games of the season. So ain't that some shit? It, it's a tough, 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 tough break for the Panthers, bro. Because like you said. They were an exciting team all year. One of the best teams in the NHL all year. They we saw it. what the GM, uh, Bill Zito, was doing in building this team. And yep. he even pulled the trigger during the trade deadline. and was like, you know what? I need reinforcements because we are dealing with some energy, injuries, injuries, you know. And we saw the basically the birth of Spencer Knight, you yeah. know. The emergence. Bro. I shouldn't say birth. The emergence of Spencer Knight. With and, that crazy game. What was it? Crazy game four or five? Yeah. Where he had, I don't know, 40 saves. I mean, it was 36 crazy. straight saves after allowing the first goal, man. Crazy. And and he's part of a good goaltending goal trio. Now, Bob Varsky and Dreger, those guys had rough, rough series. But again, Tampa Bay is an offensive juggernaut. You know, you can't really expect to, Absolutely. Hold, to hold them back for too long when you're missing one of your key defensemen. And your other defense, one of your other key players, Barkov, is hurt, you know, with a shoulder injury. Right. And Tampa Bay has been there already, right? They're yes. coming off. They're, they're the reigning champions right now. So, the, the, you know, the, the whole team is is used to that for the most part. For it's sure. In that atmosphere and it's go time. It's kind of like, you know, watching them play is kind of like the the Patriots when Brady was at the helm. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like it was the didn't focus. Matter, it didn't matter what the regular season looked like. Once that first playoff game rolled around, it was it was all business. They were all what, that's what Tampa Bay looks like. So and, and that's the the make like you said, that's the make of a championship team. And I feel like the Panthers are gaining that experience. You know, we have Barkov, Huber though, uh, I mentioned the two goalies had a great year. Eklad was having an amazing year before he got hurt. And even his 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 backup or his replacement, whatever you want to call him, Mackenzie Weger, he had a great run in the playoffs and he really helped the the team, you know, battle the Tampa Bay uh, offensive juggernauts that they had up there constantly while they were changing lines. And for sure, the highlight of the playoffs were Spencer Knight. You know, we found possibly the goaltender of the, the goalie of the future in that kid. But they also face some hard decisions, man. You know, there's an expansion draft coming up, which I don't know if you know how that works in the I NHL. I have no idea how that works. Well, each team has to give up a player. To the new team oh, coming what's in. What's the new team coming in? Where I the location? Know. I don't know. I don't know. I don't care. Yeah, because okay, so that happened with the with Knights. the Vegas with Knights. the Vegas Knights. Bingo! A I'm years glad ago. you brought that up, bro, because they lost two badass players in that. They gave up Jonathan Marsh Marshallant. It's a rough Marshawn. No, no, it's not Marshallant. I'll I'll show you how he spells the name. It's a really long name. It's a French name. But they also gave we also gave him Riley Smith, and those two guys have been number one at, or in the top three of goals, points, and assists. 
for Las Vegas since they got there. Damn. And that would have been the offensive power that the Panthers could have really relied on to like supplement their good defense to beat a team like Tampa Bay. Right. And now they got to go find guys like that. Because, you know, in hockey, man, some of these kids that come into the league in the first round, bro, it doesn't matter if you're a 16th pick, 17th pick, 20th pick, or 8th pick, 4th pick. All of those guys are studs, studs, because majority of the time they come in and they have an immediate impact, and they're getting placed on the second lines and third lines and first lines, and those kids have been playing hockey 17 years, 18 years straight, 20 years straight. So the draft is where you can really hit a home run. And I feel like the Panthers have to hit a home run in there because they have a lot of restricted free agents, kind of like the Heat do. They have to make some tough decisions on who stays, who goes, right? And the the decisions are not tough because they're all on the defensive side. You know, you have two defensive men who who are up for, for new contracts, Lucas Walmart, Anthony Duclair. The, those guys are restricted free agents. You have Alex Allen, Wenbook, Gusev, uh, Brandon Montour, another defensive player. Those guys are free agents. Panthers are definitely going to have to do some retooling in order to make that run. They have the great foundation, right. right? They have the great foundation. They just have to find a way to add to it this offseason to say, all right, no matter who we play, we're going to be able to compete. And I think they need more depth, you know, because they have good, talented players. They have star players. They have kids who just do the work. They have really good defensemen who don't even want that that spotlight. But I feel like they need to add depth to that team because, as we've seen in the playoffs, man, those injuries can really cripple you. And when you lose a, a big-time player like like Ekblad, bro, it's it's tough to recover. And the oh. Panthers did as good as they can, man. Yeah, they, you just took the defending champs to six games in the first round when you guys were expecting somebody else. Tough, man. And it's an in-state rivalry, too. So yeah, that like, was the other thing. It was the fight for Florida. Yeah, man. Tampa's been winning that, you know, for, yeah, for a while now. They not, so now <laughs> this sucks, too. So Tampa Bay, Super Bowl, right? And then now Stanley Cup. I mean, they're going, they're going to the finals, dude. I mean. I don't think Carolina's going to beat them. I don't think so, either. I don't think so, either. They're definitely going to make that run. And they're a good team. They're a really, really, really good team, you know? They're, <laughs> they're really, 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 really good. Really, really good, man. And. It sucks that the Panthers season ended again for us, right? Because, damn, we wanted to see them make that playoff run. We wanted to talk about them on the podcast and talk about the playoffs and how they were going to, like, manage that. And then, poof. It was This weekend was crazy, dude. I'm in the yard having a great time. I get back. There's bullets flying all over Miami. <laughs> you know, not to make light of the situation. You know, it's been awful what's been going on here. For sure, um, but... Bro, things are chaos. Yeah, I come back. Chaos you know, Miami, bullets bro. flying everywhere. All my teams are eliminated. You know, I was looking for the one ray of sunshine, and 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 there was one. There was only one ray of sunshine this weekend in in the seasons that ended. Play my clip, my man. I got you, player. I need you guys to experience this right the way that I experienced this while we were at Grills recording this, and. First and foremost, I want to give a big, big shout out to Grails because they hooked us up with the spot. They hooked us up with um, a table. Uh, these guys were very generous as to, you know, what we were trying to do with the show and having to set up and, you know, and again, it was a busy, busy day for them. They had the playoffs with the Heat. They had the Champions League final. They had the rest of the lineup with the with the playoffs for the rest of the night. There was a fight that night, David Haney. Um, he won, 
and there was a lot going on Saturday. There was a lot going on Saturday, bro. And Saturday was the day that that I actually felt the best I've ever felt in my life as a Chelsea fan. We'll, we'll get to it in a second. Hold on. All right, we're back. We had some quick technical difficulties. First Real time, quick. first time the roadcaster's giving us issues, but we're still learning. We got to figure it out. We were trying to get into our Chelsea segment, and uh, I think we got it for you guys. Now, ready? Go. And now he has the honor of lifting the biggest and most important trophy in European football. The Chelsea captain has it in his hands. He marches forward towards his teammates. And he lifts it high into the air. The king to the king's road. And now the kings of European football. Chelsea have won the Champions League. The kings of the king's road are the kings. Dude, let me just tell you, European football, I can hear baby. that guy talk all day. I just want that guy to come. Why do you got goosebumps right now? Chico, this has been going on <laughs> since Saturday. Since Saturday, dog. Don't tell me you cried on Saturday. I, feel I like didn't you cry. I, feel like I you didn't cry, but it got real close, dog. And, you know, bro, <sighs> fuck. Even right now, when I try to talk about it, it's like a lot, right? It's overwhelming. It's a lot to think about, to like express. But Dude, let me tell you, this was the best time to jump into Chelsea soccer. <laughs> <laughs> there's, there's <laughs> Let's go Blues, baby. Let's we pay, go, we dog. made it this wall just for you Chelsea, see? baby. Brought my dog into the fold, and now he's a champion. Let's we don't go, know how to act. Let's go, baby. We don't know how to act out here. And I'm so glad because I needed to win. I needed no, to feel for good sure. about something. For sure. But... You know, like Chelsea is known, right? That's like our slogan: chaos, championships, chaos, championships. And this season was a lot of fucking chaos, and it culminated in like the biggest European trophy that anybody can dream of. And the fact that my club won it, <laughs> our club. our club, you're right, right, cause our club <laughs> won it is still fucking unreal. Oh yeah, dude. I got to give another shout out to Grills, bro, because, bro, they really hooked us up and looked out for us. And I can't wait to go back. I can't wait to go back. But, man, I got to shout out a bunch of people, as a matter of fact. I got to shout out my brother Blaze for sure. Um, Shout out to Man City. That's his squad. I got to shout out my boy Josh, Arsenal fan. He came through. And Ano came through. He's a Barcelona fan. My boy uh, Leo came through. He's also a squad. uh, Bro, we were deep. Uh, Barcelona fan. My wife was there. My sister-in-law was there. Like, we had a, a bunch of Chelsea fans. There was a lot more City fans. And it was just a great environment to watch a game and to have that game. Oh, yeah. And the game itself was really good, bro. Really close, real, real competitive. Even in those first 20 minutes, both teams had opportunities to score, and neither could make the most of it. For me personally, I saw Werner continue to struggle. He had two great... And I mean great, dog, chances to score a goal nice and early and, like, really put the pressure on Manchester City to do something. And he missed the first one. He didn't even miss it. He just fluffed it, right? Didn't even kick it properly. The second one, you can kind of say that the ball got kind of stuck under his foot. But if you're a professional, bro, I kind of expect you to do more. Yeah. And I expected him to get a cleaner shot on goal. And maybe if he goes maybe five yards right, maybe just five yards right. That's like a clear goal. That's clear steps. goal. Just two, two steps, steps over to the right. Because the goalie was literally right in front of him. He could have curved it, you know. But we didn't get the goal that early. 40 minutes go by, and I'm thinking to myself, shit, this is exactly where Chelsea wants to be. 0-0, zero, zero, right. right? Withholding the pressure, building up the pressure on City to try to score on us. Right. 
while we just cruise along in the game and try to find our opportunities. And bro, did the one opportunity really present itself? And it started with us dispossessing, uh, dispossessing uh, the city in our back half, moving the ball between the defenseman and the goalie, and then we had one outswinger, long pass over to the left side. Chilwell, who played an excellent game. Brought it down so smooth off his chest. Was able to find Mason Mount, who was just cutting at the perfect time. And as soon as Mason Mount turned around, and this is how exciting I was, like excited to have this happen. I'll tell you my reaction, funny story afterwards, because I was doing the podcast, right? Or the episode. As soon as he turns around, I'm like, oh, he's fucking open because I see Havertz make, (laughs) I don't even know it's Havertz, right? I just see the the person making the run and I'm like, oh shit, he's fucking open. And sure enough, Mason Mount put the most perfect pass into this guy's path. And once Kai got it, he just showed why he was Chelsea's most expensive signing because he is just that calm. He's just calm. He didn't get like jittery or try to like battle for position or go down easily. Cooper, super cool, very calm, knew exactly what he was going to do. He already saw the goalie coming out. So he was like, ah, gotcha. I'm going to go slightly left. And into the net. Bring it right back. And that's exactly what he did. He was able... And credit to Ederson because he got a hand on it. The goalie got a hand on it. Right. It just so happened to bounce right under, which was probably Kai's plan. Even if he does tip it, he's tipping it to my left where I'm going anyways, and I'll still be able to shoot it. It just so happened it landed right there in, in front of Kai. And man, even though the ball was going into the net... I promise you, not one Chelsea fan celebrated until it hit the back of the net. <laughs> then we were going fucking crazy. Oh, yeah. And then immediately you're looking for VAR, right? You're like, oh shit, is this offside? Are they going to call right, it? Like, right. was he on? Was he off? And none of that right, happened. There's nothing more deflating than after, Bro, after a goal. And it's happened to us a bunch. Right, right, right. Nothing more deflating after a goal than, the, than you seeing they call offsides. <laughs> the stupid guy with the flag up. Oh, it's like, you motherfucker. I, that's, that pisses me off about FIFA. I've almost broken multiple right? controllers because of that. Absolutely, man. And... The goal stood, and it was just fucking elation, bro. I was literally going, fuck yeah. Fuck. <laughs> At the loudest that I can yell, clapping. Like, if you've ever heard me clap, you know that it's an annoying clap because it's super loud. Oh, yeah. Like, if you ever need to find me in a stadium and be like, yo, just so-so clap. clap, and I'm boom, you'll know exactly where I'm at. And I was just going crazy, clapping, and then, like, all the Chelsea fans, the four Chelsea fans that were inside, we just started going crazy. Ah, let's go. And then we rolled that momentum into the half, and it was like, ah, ah, what just happened? That adrenaline <laughs> rush. Dude, even, like, you can listen to it on the recording, and it's like, guys, we're here. I don't know what happened. But ultimately, you know, City was able to come out in the second half and really put the pressure on Chelsea. And Chelsea withstood it, and they kind of knew what they had to do, right? But I, that's what I think that goal did for Chelsea, was they gave them the confidence going into the second half going, well, we, we got, got this. this we can definitely win this game now. You know what I mean? At that point. And then it was, now it was, it was, you know, it, it changed the tide. Now, now city had to come in there and they had to score twice. Up. Yeah. The, the, you know, the, the bar was set a lot higher and that's a lot tougher to overcome, you know, at that point in the game. So I think, I think it was awesome that when they scored, when they did, it was the, I'm, I'm sure that's exactly how Tuchel planned it, right? Like when he was sitting on his bed last night, cause I'm sure he didn't sleep, right? When he was sitting on his bed Friday night before the game and he's going over his tactics, he was like, you know what? If we get the early goal, let's just sit back a little bit, let them hold possession and find our opportunities on the counter. And in that second half, Chelsea had three really good counters and Pulisic, which I'm going to shout him out big time in a little bit, had the, probably the best chance to put the game away. 
was one-on-one with the keeper, had beat his man, had a clear shot on goal, just lofted it to left. And it sucked because that would have been like a, a huge backbreaker to, to City, right? But instead, what it does is give them hope to say, all right, they just took their best shot to kill us. They didn't. Now we can come and get them. And we definitely had to hold on. And when I saw that seven minutes go up in the extra time, I was like, bro, my heart can't take this. <laughs> my heart can't take this. That's a long time, it's man, a, for it's, extra time. It took forever, bro. And honestly, it didn't. It went by <laughs> super really? quick. But watching the game and, you know, you have those emotions and that gut feeling like, fuck, something could go wrong. It was just crazy, bro. And it was, I, I don't know, man. It was just crazy. And... I'm so happy that we won, bro. I'm, I'm sounds, honestly it, so happy that we won, it bro. It sounded like pandemonium in there. Let me ask you this, man, because obviously you were you were there with the City fans. How, how did John take it? <sighs> it was tough. It was tough, man, because for, for anybody who's a real deal Manchester City fan, you know that your project, since your owners have taken over, right, that ownership group has taken over, and since you got, he's got Pep, it was always, always the Champions League trophy. That's the one trophy that that club hasn't won. No, they've won. no way. They've won everything, bro, except for that. No way. I, I thought they've won it multiple times. Right? They're because like the they've had the teams. Club, like, out yeah, Europe, man. You know? And they have the money to invest and all this stuff. And right. they always have good players. They have a group. They got the clout. The world's best manager <laughs> that you could possibly have. I would have thought they won that multiple times. That's crazy. City fans, too, bro. That's the hard part, right? That city fans, too, because they see the investment. And they're like, damn, where's the output? Right. And, yeah, you can win the league, and they've won the league three out of the last four years or five years. They're a fucking great team. But for some reason, this one trophy just continues to elude them. That's wild, son. That's That's wild, man. So that's why I felt bad for my dog. You know what I mean? Because if it's just me and him and we're at the house, whatever, it's easier to swallow, right? But then you got to watch other people celebrate and (laughs) shit. I'm going nuts. You know what I mean? Like. Oh, the man, alcohol poor. instantly starts to wear away. Guy, you feel yeah, me? You sober up real quick. Yeah, bro. So, <laughs> but he held. He, you know, he held it down, man. My my boy's a class act, and he definitely congratulated us right then and there. Obviously, he gave a, a big shout out to everybody who else was there, who was a Chelsea fan, and they had one. Um, it's a good look. It, yeah, man. But a lot of the fans were disappointed in there. You know, me and my Chelsea small little Chelsea group, bro. We were out there making the most noise, man, and. For me, it was awesome because I saw an American play in this Champions League final. Now, a lot of people think that Pulisic was the first American to play in the Champions League final. He's not. He's actually the second. The first one was Jovan Kiovaski. He played for... That dude don't sound American. <laughs> I thought you were going to go with like a John Smith. Or well, like... look, Pulisic isn't a real like American last name, right? It's not like guess, Johnson. Yeah, you're right. right. Yeah, I guess you're right. Uh, but he was... He played for Dortmund in 1997 and they played... He pl- actually you know, was on that team and played. But he's the first one to win it. And he would have been the first one to score in a Champions League final. And the coolest shit that I saw him do was he put on for the American soccer youth movement, right? Because he was wearing his USA national sweater on top of his on top of his jersey while he's holding the trophy and taking all these pictures. And that just shows these kids in America like, hey, look, this is another sport that we can go to. And, and dominate and be really good at and win big trophies and be a big superstar. The kid's only 22 years old, man. And to win a European trophy like that as an American is bananas, you know? It's really, really bananas. 
because of I, how I hard it no is. no idea Pulisic was that young. Bro, and that team is just full of young talent, full of young talent. Havertz, he's he's a baby. You know, Werner's in his early, tw- mid-20s. You got a guy like Mendy, who's in, who's 24. Billy Gilmore was on the team uh, uh, as on the bench. He's 20 years old. Mason Mount is 20 years old. Ziyech is 23 years old. So this team is full of young talent. But for the American aspect of it, to see Christian get to that level and achieve that success, it's just huge. And that impact is going to be felt like down the line for years and years to come. Because like I said, kids who are 10, 12, 13 years old now that love soccer are into the Champions League, want know what that trophy is about. They see him winning. They're like, damn, I want to be, I want to win that trophy. I want to go play in Europe and, and do this thing, you know, for America. I want to be an American winning that trophy. That's a, that's and, a huge accomplishment. And that's a huge accomplishment, man. Um, damn, bro. What a, what a day, dog. What a freaking day. And I got to give another shout out because this guy is probably the most humble football player, soccer player that ever existed. And I mean ever existed. He defines what humbleness means man and i'm talking about ngolo kante not only is he a defensive mastermind he can be in seven places at once literally but he also embodies what the true human spirit should be about he's not a guy that's gonna go grab the trophy and say hey give me this so i can take a picture let me ask you a question is this the guy didn't even touch the trophy he didn't kiss it he waited bro like he just kind of walked up and was like good to see you yep that's him (laughs) All five, six of him, bro. <laughs> you know, I saw and, that clip. I thought everybody, you know, was hugging it and ah, kissing okay. it, and and like it, you know, that's how it much to respect. Trophy, and he was just like, "Good day, good, yeah." And that's how much respect he has. And again, all his teammates, you know, they have to like give him the trophy to be like, "Hey, bro, it's you your turn. This. You deserve this. Take this picture." And he's like, "No, you guys go first. You know, that's the type of guy he is. And even still, when you saw him, his family there, they were all very like. You know, they literally congratulated everybody, bro. Everybody in his family went up to somebody and was like, hey, congratulations, congratulations. Like, that Conte family is gold standard, platinum status, like, when it comes to how humans should act, man. That guy is a great, great person and even great, great defensive midfielder. And I love that he's on my team, our team. Our team, baby. Our team. I have one last thing to say. What else you got? I got one last thing to say. Tuku. Deserves all the praise. Is there a coach of the year? No, they don't do that. In they, the they do, but he field? doesn't. Do, he doesn't have enough games, right? He was there half the season. Okay, yeah, I guess that. You have other guys who argue that it was bigger. You know, like Antonio Conte doing what he did with Inter in in the Italian league was really huge. He probably deserves manager of the year. For me, for me, yes, Tuchel gets all the praise, but this whole project started with Frank, and I feel like Frank deserve some of this shine because he came in here he took the job he he established you know a pathway for those academy players to come play on this first team and show their talent and be who who they are mount reese james uh tammy abraham hubson adoy all these kids he made this possible you know he laid down the foundation he went and got the players he did this now tuka just took it to the next level and that's in itself an amazing job, right? Yeah, it's kind of like uh, the Golden State Warriors when that season they transitioned right. from Mark Jackson over to 
to Steve Kerr and Steve Kerr won that first championship. It was like, you, you got to give credit to Mark Jackson. You got to give credit that. to Frank Lampard. And as a Chelsea fan, I know that he was beyond ecstatic that we won. Um, That's good. But, it, it, you know, it, it has to be said that Frank deserves some part of this. Frank no, deserves some part I of this. I that's, think that, that's definitely worth mentioning. But they're off to the offseason too, man. You know, my third team is off to the offseason. But they left us with a good taste, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. Happy and they, with and, the way they went and I know that it's going to be fun for them because winning this trophy is obviously going to bring more attention to the team and open up the eyes to other players who may have not been considering Chelsea. You know, we need a striker, so maybe Halan comes, maybe Lewandowski comes, or Lukaku decides to come back. We we got, you know, good things to build on, you know, just like we were talking about with the Panthers and the Heat. We have those building, big building blocks there. Now we got a nice little trophy to put on top. So for all you big European soccer club, oh, I'm a Barcelona fan. I'm a United fan. I'm a this fan. All of you guys have to bow down to Chelsea because we are the kings of Europe. Europe is blue, baby. Enjoy it. Chelsea. <laughs> And now we bring it back down to the bottom. Well, I don't mean like the Damn, bottom. Why you no, no, I mean like, like that, you know, Dade County, we the bottom, dog. Like, we don't, don't know like. about all that. Really nah, like nah, nah. If you right know there. Dade County, you want, you, if somebody asks you, you're from the dirty south, you're like, yeah. nah, nah, nah. I'm from the bottom. Yeah. I'm from the bottom. But That's the way you right. said it there, I mean, it felt like, you know, you were alluding to us being trash. And nah. the Marlins. We're, we're definitely not since trash. Since our last podcast, since our last episode, I but. feel like that's on me though, dog. Because whenever I feel I give them too much spotlight, it's like, hey, we're not ready for that yet. <laughs> I mean, we were we were inching right last time. We were inching. Uh, we're two closer, games. Closer we're one game behind five hundred. Yep. And now we're sitting at twenty four and twenty eight. Uh, we're uh, this is ridiculous to me. We're five games behind the Mets, whose record is twenty six and twenty. But we're five games behind them, even though we only have two less wins. But because we have eight more losses than they do. We, yeah. we have played more games. So yeah. that sucks. But again, our division is super tight and competitive. And if you think about it, bro, them being on the road this past month really, really freaking sucked for them because they were on the road at Philly, then back, and then a three-game homestand real quick, and then boom, back on the road again. And then you go play Boston. That's a tough that that's one of the hot teams right now. They've been yep. winning a lot more. And right now, as we're recording this uh, Tuesday night, we're in the middle of the sevens against the Blue Jays, and we're down four to one. So it's not looking good so it's far. It's not looking good, bro. But you know what? My dog Trevor Rogers didn't pitch, so that's probably why his pitching staff isn't doing that great because he had an amazing May, bro. He had a really great month, man. 2.3 ERA, uh, won three times, finished with five straight outings of no more than two earned runs. Like Nasty. This kid is nasty. Yeah. And the fact that He's I don't see him more <laughs> on like their Twitter and you know Marlins Twitter and Marlins Instagram, it's like, yo, guys, that's this, the guy. We need to be ringing the bell for this guy because the other guy that we were leaning on, which was six, so I just read that he's going to be out for some time now. I doubt he's going to play in the majors at least for another two, three months. <sighs> Meanwhile, we got probably the hottest pitcher in in the majors. We need to give this guy some more love, you know, and 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 not only him. We also need to give Duval a lot of love, bro. He's been balling. Adam Duval is nasty. He's, He's been one of the balling, best bro. We had you know this past year five home runs this month with 19 RBIs, bro. So what's he? What's his count out right now? Do you I think know? he's still at at and like I think he's at 11? ten. I think he's at ten. He think he's at ten. But still, that's a great month. That's a great month to hit five home runs and oh, have yeah. 19 RBIs in 21 games. That's nasty. So. And the homie Jazz, bro. I gotta, I gotta shout out the homie Jazz, bro. I love watching this kid play defense, man. 
this guy just goes for it. Like, even if he thinks, well, I might not get it. I'm going to die for it. Fuck it. And he'll just go for it. Yeah. Because he, he plays that game like that, man. And those, you know, that shit stands out. Of that course. type of stuff stands out to me. We want to see that. We want to see them leave it all out there. Yeah. And, you know, we also have to give some love to Jimmy Garcia because we gave him a hard time in the beginning. He was struggling, blowing a lot of saves and whatnot. But he's really bounced back himself. He's really bounced back himself in the month of May, 0.96 ERA, uh, 38 strikeouts and nine innings pitched. He's only allowed one run in the whole month. So he's obviously getting back to his high level of pitching, and we need that because we're going to be in a lot close game, a lot more closer games as as the season wears on. But, man, these injuries, these injuries are starting to catch up to us because I feel like the Marlins not being 100% or even 90% full squad it's really starting to take a toll, man, because, again, it's a lot of back-to-back-to-back-to-back-to-back-to-back games. Oh, and we got a lot of road games, like you were mentioning. There's yeah, man. Games. I think we go on, like, a two-week stint. We spent most right of, now. Yeah. And then our next – so right now we're on the road all the way through – I'm looking at the schedule right now, so pardon me. Uh, June 8th is when we come back home. It, it is now June 1st. So it's a whole week of, of just road games right now until we come back home and we play the Rockies at home, two games back-to-back. No, sorry, we got a whole series there against them, and then we play the Braves at home, but then we go back on the road to go play the Cardinals. Yeah. So it's a lot of, a lot of road games, man, and, and when you when you have you know players that are out that aren't playing and then they, you know, they're getting thrown back in the mix and maybe they're not healed 100%, you, you can't really you know uh, get a good rhythm going. It makes it tough, and we we had a good rhythm. We had a, so we had a, some good momentum going into the end of May there for sure. And it's a lot of inexperience, you know. When you think about it, it's a lot of inexperience because some of the guys haven't played this much ball yet, or they're not used to being an everyday starter or playing a, a different position. It's tough. It's tough, and I feel like they're doing a really good job of just hanging in there, right? The Mets, I don't believe in them. I don't believe in them. I believe in a team like Philly. You know, to creep back and and make some noise in the standings. I don't believe in a team like 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 the Mets, and that's no what diss to the, the Mets. What about the Braves? The Braves are second right now. They're three and a half games behind the Mets. I believe in the in the Braves. I because do too because they, they always have our number. Not only that, but the young talent that they had last year has another year of experience. They're going. Right. They're they're in year two of what we're in. Right. right? We're we're still in year one of where we're at. They're in year two, so they're obviously more experienced and have better. I want to say rotational stability that's the word i want to use rotational stability meaning they know who's pitching on what they have their set lineup they don't really worry about exchanging too many guys the only issue is the marcel zuna uh zuna thing that's going on and whatever his problem is but the braves have been always always a good consistent team they knocked us out of the playoffs last year you know and, and not, well, that's not why I say it. That, I feel like, but they, I feel they like just, they always have our number. They're a rival. The Marlins, they're, yeah, they're one of our bigger they're, rivals. They're the biggest rival. We can't say that. We you could say that the Mets are the biggest rival, but they but haven't they been good. So they were so bad for so long that the, the 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 Braves, even when we were okay, like showing signs, like they were just always the ones put us back in our place. Facts. So uh, those are the guys that I'm Facts. most worried about. Like you said, Philly. Philly's deep. I mean, and they're starting to heat up. That's yeah. the problem. Yeah. You know, they're starting to heat up. Tampa, man, let's see. The Marlins, honestly, they they make me happy right now, bro. They make me happy because I can turn on the game, have it on the background, be doing my other things or checking out other other po- uh, podcasts or getting notes and, and stats from other places. But the Marlins are always entertaining, always entertaining. 
I, I don't feel bad watching them. And I'm not going to lie to you guys and say, oh, I watched the nine inning games of the Martin Luther King. Nah, man. Hardly people do that. Very few people do that. I wouldn't go as far as saying that they're always entertaining, but they are the most consistent. I, I, right. I mean, I mean, we got nothing else to look forward to now. The Panthers are out. The Heat are out. Dolphins are still in, you know, in the offseason and mini camp and stuff like that. It's Marlins right now, baby. So that's that, it. And, and besides that, it's our only hope for peace of mañana. Oh, my God, bro. <laughs> so... We, we got to stay tuned, man. I'm afraid of the weight that I'm going to lose, bro. I need that. <laughs> you need those carbs. That, <laughs> I need the carbs, dog. My metabolism is way too quick. Oh, man. But we do have a big issue. You know, sports in South Florida is going to be rough. And we only have two things to look forward to, right? We have the rest of the Marlins season to see how that pans out. And, well, maybe three things. We have the beginning of spring football. Well, spring football is still far away for the Hurricanes, but they'll be getting to it. And the real thing to look forward to is the Miami Dolphins. Yeah, that's that's kind of what we got set on the horizon right there that we're waiting for. And that's sooner rather than later. I mean, we got, you know, there's already plenty of stuff going on. For sure, for so. sure. Well, you know, I wanted to s- surprise, you know, you off air, but we're going to do this live so I can get your reaction, dog. So you know how we did the event at Grails and we set up there and that whole nine. I think we're going to be able to do I got something in the works where we're going to be able to do that at a, at a Marlins game in the near future. Nah, like yeah. we talked about? Yeah, bro. No way. Yeah, bro. Um, so, yeah, I got to still work on some things. I'm working on some guests. That we're planning that stuff out so we can have some type of feedback during the off season. you know, to not just read what's going on. We can actually talk to people who are in the know somehow and right, get some commentary and get some not nah, just some insider information you know not not everything that you're reading in the paper or on espn or whatever so yeah man we got that some things dope right and we're gonna be doing more location spots it's for you guys listening we just got to do a better job of promoting it uh internally this was like our first run in that we had and we were trying to get that off the ground but i feel like as a show we're definitely prepared to come up to where we can have an event, have people come over. You guys can watch us do our thing. Uh, you can watch me mess up all the time, which I do, which you guys never catch. <laughs> and you never will unless you come in person. But we're going to do it because there's just so many cool spots that we can have the show, um, especially for big events. And we're going to have to find big events since the Heat are out, the Panthers are out, and Chelsea's our champ. So I think I think we'll be just fine, bro. We'll be I all right. We'll be just fine. We'll be all right. You know, you know us. We'll find stuff to talk about. Um, and we, we need you guys, the listeners, to let us know what you guys want to hear. You know, let us know, what, you know, if we're missing out on something that you guys want to hear, you know, social's take on it or my take on it. Get at us. Yeah, we're open. We're open for business right now because, man, it's going to be a rough, rough, slow off season. Fuck. <laughs> Dog, hey. I'm having a real hard time with this. You guys think I'm kidding. And this is for this is not for the show. I'm having a real hard time with this. Listen, I'm going to just tell you like this, Papa. We'll worry about the river. <laughs> when we get to the bridge alright so that sounds cool worry bro. about the river when we get to the that bridge we'll, cool, we'll, we'll get there we'll bro. get there man but you know what let's let's wrap it up like that bro because that sounds, that sounds good I feel me. like we gotta walk through that bridge now it's a long ass walk we're running out of content but we, we're going on one of the longest episodes we've recorded today facts, so. facts facts but Joel dogs it's good to have you back my bro glad to be back homie for sure man and trust me we're gonna start working on this remote event that we're gonna be doing sports with Soso I'm pumped I'm super psyched for that yeah man, man. For everybody else who's listening and downloading and subscribing to the podcast, thank you. 
Um, our your support means everything to us. It's what helps us get along with the show and continue to give it the resources that it needs and continue to find ways to interact with you guys and engage you guys in a different way that you've been accustomed to. Again, I said it a bunch. I said it once. I'll say it a million times. This is the only Miami-based sports podcast that you're gonna get that literally brings you everything you want. You're gonna get your soccer, your basketball, your football, college football, hockey, baseball. Shit, we'll even do cricket if you want to get crazy. <laughs> but we want to bring you guys the show that we know you guys want. So if you like the show, you know what you have to do, right? You got to tell a friend. To tell a friend. To tell a friend. To tell another friend. To tell another friend and have them scream it from their apartment building rooftop to say, yo, you guys need to go listen to the Sports with So So podcast. It's the best podcast that's happening right now in Miami. It's the only podcast that's doing the sports like we do. So until you guys find another one, you got to hit me up and let me know where it's at because we're taking over. Yep. Joel, I think it's time to hit him with a piece. One time, though. Peace. Peace.